Live here in Washington, D.C., home of your favorite and best creators. You are now tuned in to people that you don't know that you should know. I'm your host, Ty Westbrook, featuring my co-host, Murray Ann. And let's get going with today's show. Yeah. And if you don't know, now you know. If you know, you know. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It is Marianne, your favorite chief creative economy officer, and I am sitting here with Zaditu. Yes. How are you? I'm doing very well today. Thank you for asking. I have to admit that we don't know each other very well, but I have to say that you have this really wonderful energy every time I see you that I enjoy very much. And every time I talk to you or I'm sort of tangentially hear a conversation, I'm always super interested in your voice. Really? I'm like, oh, is that right? Yes. Well, well, and there's, I have two meanings about that. There is the, the actual timbre of said voice, but mm. there is also your, your opinion on things, your voice, right? And it's a thing that I think about a lot in regards to you or when I ever see your art or I listen to you speak or I read, listen to, you know, your work. Um, as a storyteller, I think a lot about your voice. And I'm curious what that means to you? What voice means to you? First of all, thank you. Um, I think one of the biggest things about being an artist is that you want to be heard um, and not just received in a way that people are actually um, hearing you, but actually connecting with you. Um, and I always say that visibility is one of my superpowers. It's something that I, I hope people see me and I hope people hear me. Um, I can remember when I was as young as like five years old, my mom and my brothers and sisters used to be like, oh, she learned how to talk, now she won't stop. Um, and my mom said to me one time, Zodi, you know, why, why do you always, why are you always talking? And, and I was like, because I always have something to say. Like, I always have something to say. So um, the voice matters most to me because it's something that we all possess. You know, um, in respect to your mind and people are like, oh, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Not everybody has the same access or education or same um, thinking tools, but your voice is something that we, most of us are able to utilize and maybe not our maybe not articulate through sound, um, but but other ways. And so it's important to me that since I've got a, a tool, a music box that works, that, that I use it. Have you ever found uh, it difficult to figure out how to say what you wanted to say? All the time. Mm. I'm always having, trying to find my words so that I represent myself the best way I can. Um, and sometimes, especially as I've gotten older, I've learned to just trust the thought and just like be okay with taking a breath, thinking about things, and then expressing myself. As someone myself who has never had trouble talking, um, <laughs> and my mother would say that uh, <laughs> I talk a lot. They thought I was going to be a lawyer, of course, when I when I grew up because I argued all the time. Any chance I would get to to state the um, antithetical uh, opinion mm. or to argue about something, I would I would find a way to argue about it, whether I actually believe that opinion or not. The rhetoric of it and the rhetorical process of speaking and uh, talking about things was something that I was always um, always interested in. Uh, and one of the things that is super interesting to me is the challenge that some folks have mm. in finding 
their voice. Because I think there's a difference between uh, being able to speak and being able to argue and being able to talk and then figuring out what you have to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious about your experience in figuring out what you have to say. It's really about trusting whatever it is that you have to say and, and trusting it and following it all the way through so that once it's out there, however it's received doesn't shift how you feel or the objective behind what you said. Um, as a writer, when I was studying at uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, one of my creative writing teachers said to me, um, whenever you create, whenever you write something, the moment you put it out there, the moment you speak it, the moment you publish it, it's no longer yours. So you cannot be tied to the end result, but what it is that you started with, you know? And so if I, if I say anything, I have to be, I, I work to be comfortable with what I'm saying because you may come receive it a whole nother way, but that doesn't change my intention, but it does open me up to perspective for sure. So it's, it's really trusting your voice. You know, it comes from you. So do you ever, um, work with, uh, I don't know, friends or, or other artists or young people and helping them figure out how to trust their own voice? Absolutely. And I think that the best way that I can uh, share that messaging is to be active within that trust process myself. Um, but when I'm working with young people, it, it, it it's really just helping them to feel comfortable, especially with the world that we live in, um, where we are right now. You can put something out there and then delete it, you know, or so it's almost like or if you don't post it at all, it's like, did that even happen? You know, Um so really, really promoting to them that this is their opportunity to to represent themselves the best way they can and, and to trust that. Um, but I can't I can't teach anything or promote anything if I'm not doing it. So that's something I, I have to sit with is like, are you sure about what you're about to say? You know, so you're from D.C., right? Yes. Fourth generation Washingtonian. Yeah. What's that mean to you? It. It, it is something to be very proud of um, because um, I come from a huge family. So it's not just, I'm, I'm a proud Washingtonian, but I'm also just a proud representative of where I come from. In 1996, uh, my grandmother's side of the family, the Hart family, we were the second biggest family in Washington, D.C. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, back back yes. that up. So when you say that, that you have a large family, help me understand what, what that means. Oh, boy. We, my grandmother was one of 14 uh, siblings. Yes. Wow. Yes. So DC is not just uh, home for me. It's like where we, um, where we kind of started. You know, they migrated from like the South, like Virginia, the Atlanta. Um, but yes, DC is it's it's home. It's legacy. Wow, that is. Can you say that that statistic again? Your grandmother was this. Your grandmother's family was the second largest family in DC in 1996. Damn. The Hart family. Yes. Yes, huge family. Uh, and then my grandfather's side of the family, the Hyman family, is very big. We just, you know, a huge, huge family, absolutely. <laughs> so when you all get together for like potlucks and stuff like that, like oh, what's going it's, on? It's, 
we are just incredibly huge. And then the Ruffin side, my dad's side of the family, we've taken over like all of Prince George's County, <laughs> um, the Ruffin and Cheek family. So it's not just the city where I'm from, but it's like where my people come from, mm. you know. What do you think is the... Um when you think about what the city has given you, aside aside from the obvious life, mm. right, and the extension of your family, what, what do you see uh, in you that is so authentically DC? I would definitely say uh, my vernacular, <laughs> especially if I'm perturbed. <laughs> um, definitely, when I get with like all my girlfriends, we all sound the same. Um, we use like classic colloquialisms um the music go-go I say like timbales are like my heartbeat like if I hear like something drop or you know a little bounce beat I can just stop where I am and I'm like you know so uh so much of so much of the culture you know is ingrained within me and I and I get to walk with the quote-unquote old DC the classic DC I can um count on two hands the number of times I've gotten to see Chuck Brown perform uh once just like literally pulling up right next to him on South Dakota and was like wind me up Chuck <laughs> um so I love that I love the city so Ty I'm gonna bring you in here for a second yeah you two actually know each other <laughs> can you explain uh, to the can you explain to everybody why well I wouldn't necessarily say we know each other <laughs> but so it's a DC connection. It's a, it's a, well, yeah, it's a, I love that. It's, it's though. definitely a DC connection. Yes. Um, like so, as she stated before, she's been longtime friends with my aunt, um, who I love so much. So any friends of my aunt is great people. Uh, so definitely a pleasure to meeting you again. Yes, yeah, yes, I, yes. I was hoping that maybe you would have some dish on Ty. Oh, unfortunately, I do remember you were much younger. Um, You were much younger, but I don't, I don't, I don't. See, yeah, I wouldn't do it to you if I did. I appreciate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're so nice. (laughs) Nah, like literally, she when she stopped by the first time and she was like, "Hey, aren't you such and such nephew?" I'm like, "Yeah, how did you know that though?" You know what I mean? So. Yeah, like I said, I had to be—I had to be pretty young just not to remember who she was, but for her to remember me, it's just like, yeah, hmm. yes. Um, when when you think about—I mean, we've got—you uh, uh, know—we're right here in 2019. Mm-hmm. When you think about what's coming up for the year, what are you most excited about? I am most excited about creating more art. I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm working on my next project and so I released my first audiobook in June and I'm looking to see where we go with that. I'm connecting with more artists. Um, there is a, a really good pulse in the city right now of, of emerging artists, of people just really, I feel like kind of shedding the layer of like I've got it all together and more or less showing the I'm trying to figure it out and feeling comfortable to connect um that was something that I love so much about living in Brooklyn is that everybody was just so interconnected and so kind and willing to work together and I really see that um flourishing in the city so um I, I know, you know, just from being here, I have I have a lot of friends, um, but I'm really looking to expand my circle and, and whatever that looks like in a positive way. 
Uh, I've been meaning to ask you why an audiobook as opposed to something that was, you know, just written on the page. Yes, yes. So I decided to uh, record an audiobook first, basically to go off of where we are in technology. Um, We are in a space where we are uh, sharing our stories, we are posting things and. whether it be on like social media or personal websites. Um, and I think we're in a space where people are starting to feel comfortable uh, recording their, their, their day-to-days, their histories. And it takes me back to uh, oral history um, and how we know, some, so far back as how we know a lot about slavery in respect to slave narratives because slaves were writing about what they were experiencing it. So if you compare that to the digital age where we're like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. I wanted to be able to encapsulate certain moments through sound that I didn't feel would um, necessarily connect with my audience the same way. Specifically because this audiobook is narrative form, I think if you were to read some of the things, you might take yourself out of it. Um, but what I've heard from people that have listened to Zoditoism's 10 is that they can they hear my voice and they they can put themselves in that moment. Um, the audiobook opens with like a scene of like a, a panic attack, you know, and it's like I've I've been there. I've, I know that breathing. I know that sound. So I really wanted to connect with people in a way that um they could they could find themselves in the story, but I I will be working. I am working on an actual book as well because I think that's important. Are there uh, artists uh, that you are really inspired by right now? That oh my you gosh! Really excited. Yes, Maimuna Youssef, who is also from DC, um, also known as Mumu Fresh, is incredible. She went to Duke Ellington um, also, so like Duke Ellington alumni, you know, <laughs> we do that. Um, but she is one of the best I've heard in a really long time. She's equally talented in singing as she is like rapping and just, oh my gosh. I'm inspired by her, very, very much so. Um, I also love um, artists like, I love Black Alley. They're from the city and I got to connect with um, Casey recently on a project. Um, So, I really want to get to know some more local artists, um, so my ears are open. Are you reading anything right now? That I am currently reading Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. It's all the small stuff. Are you familiar? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That book is just such a no-brainer. Like, yeah, it's all small stuff. But it's so, and it's a book I've been going back to and reading and then going back to and reading. Um, and it, I've been gifting people with it because it's just amazing. Um and I really need to finish books. So I'm there right now. I'm working on completing that. <laughs> well, is there anything that you could uh, you know, let our, our community know? Any tips or tricks or um, inspiration that you have to leave folks with today? I would definitely say write, write, write. Um, it was, it's something that anybody will tell you my therapist told would tell me like okay you need to write every day and you know being a writer it's like okay I do this um but it's important because we keep so much we're not machines and we keep so much in our minds and especially if we're going through something I know as a woman I'm like I'll deal with it like just forget it I'll just do it myself I'll just deal with it um and and you keep moving through the 
you know, going through the motions, but when you write, you're taking a moment for yourself. You're taking a moment to reflect. Um, and more specifically, you're just getting it out instead of just keeping it in. So definitely write. And if you don't want to do that, then I would say just film yourself. Just do like a little video testimony real quick. So something you can look back at. I love it. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you, guys. And we can't wait to see what you're doing for I, on in the future. I really appreciate it. This was really awesome. Great. Thank you. So this is PZ, the creative visual artist in the DMV area. Bo Slice, up-and-coming female artist that you should definitely put your eyes on. She's definitely been doing shows, putting people on the map. Take your time to listen and flow. We want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of People That You Don't Know That You Should Know. If you like our show and want to learn more, Check out tool2creates.com. And oh yeah, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast. You guys be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of People That You Don't Know That You Should Know. I'm Tyler Westbrook, signing out.